uh, hey everyone, I wrote out this big parody of the Star Trek opening and now I don't want to read it because we're recording and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but this is... script. Okay, alright. Alright, NBC. You guys can't see it. I'm going to shoot him if he doesn't read it. Join Pikachu, Ash, and the gang. The Mandalorian is great in the new series, and the... Let's check out what's new in the world of pop culture with your hosts, John, Tim, and Quentin, and a podcast we call Rewind and Rewind. Cyberspace, the final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of the podcast Rewind and Reload. It's continuing mission to explore strange new topics, seek out new jokes and new bits, to boldly go where no podcasters have gone before, except for all the ones that came before us. Those those guys those people don't count. Put so that's down. <laughs> Thank God. Um, that's us. We are Rewind and Reload, and we talk about pop culture. I really thought you were going to cry um, a little there. <laughs> I thought about forcing it, but then I decided not to. It kind of sounded like when you started that, that you were going to try to kind of cry a little, and I was I was getting impressed. I can, I can usually force <laughs> myself to, so I could, but I didn't want to go that far for the joke. Um, you got to take it all the way. Okay. Send, buddy. Next time I will. Uh, I'm your host this week, Tim, and these are my lovely co-hosts, John and Quentin. Yo. Um, how was your week, boys? Weeks, I guess. We do these bi-weekly. Um, I just played a lot of fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, a no, lot of I, Yu-Gi-Oh. It's, it's almost like I was there for most of it. <laughs> Um, I got vaccinated. I'm like getting fully. it Thursday. Ooh. Hell yeah! When did you get? Uh, did you get yours? Like mine was like last Monday. Oh okay. So it was really weird was though. It, it I see. I felt like I got more sick the first night than I did the second day. Oh, okay. Which, that's not what I was expecting. But no, it was really weird though because I got like a I got a bruise on the opposite arm like. <laughs> pretty much in like the same area that i got like that you would get the shot in but like so i got the shot on my left arm and then i got the bruise on my right arm and i was like yo dude the nanobots got confused <laughs> i uh i was really tired the night that i got my second shot but the day after i was i was totally fine hmm. see i'm worried about i got really tired my first one but i also went at like 9 a.m which is, uh, if you know me, I do not wake up that early. <laughs> so I could have very well just been tired from that. Yeah, dude, see my first shot? I had to, uh, I had to open at work that day. So I, uh, I got to work at 6, and then I had my shot at like 9, and then I had to go back to work and like work out the rest of my shift after getting my shot. So I think that's why I got more sick the first time. Uh, that could be. No, my first one, I, I went and got my shot. Uh, went to Bob Evans for breakfast and then came home. Oh, and I had a yeah. I had a cup of coffee at breakfast, but that didn't seem to matter. 
I don't know. After my second one, I I think I slept for like close to 14 hours. Like I came home, did some yard work, and then just passed out. I can never sleep that long even if I try. Like I just, I hit, I'll hit like the 10 hour mark maybe, and then my body's just like, I'll just start getting like weird nightmares and shit, I swear to God. <laughs> I just get really antsy usually. Like if I go b- past usually like seven hours, my my brain just starts like, you should get up. You should get up. Yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine does that too, but I'll just keep trying to fall asleep, so it'll be like, hey, here's some weird shit that your subconscious wants you to see, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, what about you, John? We didn't talk about your week, I guess. Uh, not a whole lot. Been busy with uh, work and my EMR course. Get home really late, so I've just been like, uh, I watched uh, Invincible finish that oh yeah i watched like an episode a night for like a week it's only like eight episodes so it's pretty quick quick watch yeah that was it was good it was a good show highly recommend that's about it oh yeah i also want to recommend me and hannah went on just like a ridiculous anime binge lately um I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Kakagura. I don't. I don't know how to K-A-K-E-G-U-R-U-I. do the end. K a k e g u r u i. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. how you pronounce the end of it. It's like Kakaguru. Um. But it's like gambling high school. It's really good. And then uh, I feel like the ending kind of sucked. But like I haven't watched pretty top tier show. I haven't watched all of season two yet. I probably should. It has a very anticlimactic ending. I feel like most um, animes do, though. No. I don't know. Most of the ones I watch do. Um, We just started Gurren Lagann, and that definitely does not have a disappointing <laughs> ending. That's, I don't okay. want to talk about that right now. <laughs> I'll actually cry. I'm very excited to continue watching it. Um... Maybe we'll maybe we'll recover it after your rewatch because I, I originally planned oh, to cover yeah. it like a couple weeks ago, a couple well not a couple weeks, a couple of my turns ago, and I I was like, hey, do you guys just want to do Star Wars instead? <laughs> or no, I what I did a band of some kind, didn't I? I did Daft Punk. Yeah, you did Daft Punk oh, right after yeah, they broke yeah. up. It was like the night after I yeah. think we did it. I mean, it all mm-hmm. it all worked out perfect because now I'm watching it again, so we can just. Mm. How many episodes is it? 24 yeah it's not super long it's or i can send you the movies but i have to we have to figure out a way to do it because there might have them on usb and discord does not let me share files that big Mm. google drive oh yeah oh yeah i might try to watch it i guess i could do that if we if yeah it's either we could do the you could watch the series you could watch the two movies which are kind of like condensed for watch the series watch the series I would say watch the series. And then watch the, like, last half of the second movie because it's cool as shit. Next week, my my week should get normal again because my my last class is Thursday night. And then after that, it'll go back to normal and I can start doing normal things again. So. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Dude, it sucks. Monday and Thursday, I'm in class for, from... I have to leave the house by five o'clock, and I don't get home until ten. Hey, tell me about it. Well, I know. I'm just saying. 
I'm not used to it Apparently anymore, man. I graduated t- college relatively recently. <laughs> we leave home at 8 a.m. and don't get home till 10. Yeah, dude. I mean, at least I don't have to leave my home for class. And now I do. That's besides the point, though. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's 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 get this ball rolling. Uh, we're, there's not a lot of pop culture news. I'm just gonna say one thing really quick before John talks about the stuff he has written down. Uh, the, I saw the trailer for the new Edgar Wright movie today. Looks pretty good. It's like a weird horror like movie. Okay, but I ask who is it? I don't know. Oh, he he directed movie? um. The Shaun of the Dead in those movies and the Scott Pilgrim Oh, movie. okay. You gotta remember, Baby Tim, I'm like a fucking, like, neophyte. Yeah, I'm a, cine- like, like, and I'm, I, I'm a cinephile, so. I have so, sex yeah. in movies. The, like, the reels and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Stick a... What's, like, uh... What's, stick what's stick two sponges valuable? in the middle of the... Sc- <laughs> In the middle of what? What's the most, what's the most valuable the film, film reel? reel you've done this to? I was gonna... uh, an original pressing of uh, Citizen Kane. Ooh, that's a good one. What about Jaws? That's scary, dude. I don't want to put my dick in Jaws that. Jaws one yet? <laughs> I'm saying, dude, I don't know. That would be my uh, go-to. But yeah, it's like this weird like alternate reality horror movie with like Anya Taylor Joy and I don't know the other girl, but Anya Taylor Joy is like great in everything she's in. So she's like the girl from The Witch mm-hmm. and Queen's Gambit, Queen's Gambit and some yeah. other stuff. She's that bug eyed chick. She's yeah, a great. She she's is. a great actress. No, she's a really great actor. Yeah. Oh my god, them eyeballs. She's very yeah. Just ninety percent eyeballs. Um, but I think John has some stuff. Yeah, just, I don't know, stuff that I saw that was big on my feed the you know, the last couple weeks. The Eternals t- teaser trailer's out if you want to see a, a ripped-ass Kumail Nanji. I usually can, I can usually say his fucking name, and it's just because we're recording that I cannot do it. Kamal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Watch, so. I'll like, I'll flub like some fucking Americans name this episode too, so it'll be fine. <laughs> he's. I mean, I think Kumail isn't it. He is. He's a. I I want to say Pakistani, but I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I think so. But he uh, he's in it. I mean, he's stupid ripped. Like he's got to be. Yeah, I've, he's I've sipping on that like, tea, man. I don't know. That tummy His tea that shit that just literally ripped. gives you diarrhea. Yeah. You guys remember that? How do you get a ripped jaw? Like, have you seen before and after? For Kamal? His jawline is like twice jaws as big, size. dude. You don't, remember, you don't know those commercials of jaws or size? You get that there's little no spring way that goes in your mouth well. and you make a... <laughs> dude, they there's no way that I they can work that get well. Right That's now. such a visual bit and I don't understand why I did it. <laughs> I was putting I was putting two fingers in my mouth and stretching them like that like I, I, I don't know how to explain the infomercial product. It's yeah. a, it's just a little thing on a spring that you put in your cheeks and you make a go, you like make it oval and then extend your lips out. But you get, have you ever seen it's like a little necklace and it's like a little rubber ball that you put in your mouth and you just like bite down and you're like ah. John that's a ball gag. No, it's pretty much a ball John, gag. That's so literally that not what you think it is it's not a workout tool i mean it, i guess <laughs> and, 
their of. marketing ads. I need to move my microphone just back. Say, I just I'm, the shit out of it. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's it's not a ball gag. They're just marketing it as a It's a, a It's got thing. the consistency of a stress ball, but it's just a ball <laughs> gag. <laughs> 100%. Um, oh, and then Shang-Chi, uh, that's out. Um, Ten Rings movie. I feel like there's not a lot of publicity on that movie right now. Cause I was going to say, I don't know what that is. It's another Marvel movie, but it uh, right now it's currently banned in China because it's, wow. it's like Asian whitewashed, they're claiming, because it's a bunch of American Chinese people instead of actual like authentic oh. Asian people. Oh, I figured it's it was because I, I don't know. There was a, a depiction of uh, or just a picture of Pooh Bear in the movie somewhere. Yeah, that's it. Um Army of the Dead is... Or any reference to the Tiananmen Square. <laughs> uh, Army of the Dead is out by um, our boy Zack Schneider, who we just love on this podcast. He can't say did enough good things. A, did you see if there's a joke in that movie about the Schneider cut? No, he wanted them both to be released on the same day, though. And I don't know why he Apparently would do that to like himself. A, Apparently there's like a bank vault scene in this movie. I think this movie's about like a bank vault heist like during the zombie at the start of a zombie apocalypse. I think that's what this is about. I haven't watched it yet. I just know it's out but, um, and I forgot about it. What's a, what's what's the point of robbing a bank at the beginning of a zombie apocalypse? Like you are literally grabbing the one thing that's, well, that's going the, to be useless. That's the thing, right? Is that people will still think it will be useful for some reason. There's like a huge thing about this in like survivor communities. Oh my goodness! But um, there's like a there's like a bank vault in the background. You can see the film reels for the Snyder cut. Also, apparently, there's like a lady in that movie who Dave like a coast who's basically a co-star next to Dave Batista. He never saw her in person because she did everything like they post affected her into the movie. Basically, there. Is that the one that people were saying, like, what like a, happened to her at the end of the movie? Like, the movie just completely forgot about uh, her? There's maybe. A, I just saw I, the headline on Reddit. So I saw that there was, like, a woman in the movie that they went to go save a helicopter crash, and then the rest of the movie they just forgot about the character. Like, it was just over. Very well it happened. But, um, no, so I looked up the film synopsis. Um, it's, like, one line. Um Oh, good. Uh, after a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble by venturing into the quarantine zone for the greatest heist ever. So I don't know if like maybe the rest of the world isn't completely like destroyed. Maybe I'll have to watch this movie and update you next episode. Yeah, I heard it's okay. I heard that like it's a... <laughs> Oh, so it's your average Jack Schneider film review. It's fine. Yeah, pretty much. Just like the Schneider cut of Justice League or... I Honestly, the only movie that I really liked that he did was Man of Steel. Other than that, it was everything else was okay. I have a weird soft spot for Watchmen. Okay. That's because yeah. that uh, movie does some things right, but does a lot wrong as well. That one I will, I will consider better but than But the things most. it does right... Yeah, I would too. I'd say it's above average as far as he's concerned. Like, the things it does right, it does right really well. But the things that it does wrong hurt just as bad. Yeah, I agree. Like, 
I don't know. There was weird scenes in that movie that were just like, this is it. Like the casting in that movie is top notch. But yes. Costume design too. Great. Pretty sure the over, the, the like song that plays during the credits is a My Chemical Romance song. It is. I'm almost like, so I think it's a My Chemical Romance cover of a Bob Dylan song. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Which was strange to say the least. So was the sex scene where Hallelujah plays. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that Excuse one. Excuse me. Because isn't that so? Um... There's a sex scene, but yeah, there's a sex scene between Night Owl and Silk Spectre too. And when that happens, Hallelujah's playing over it. Okay. Isn't that okay. his daughter's like favorite song too? And he played not it not anymore. Yeah. yeah, but he played it. Well, during this was the... made before. Her, yeah, no, I know her suicide. Yeah. I, yeah, but then they played it in the Justice League trailer. Yeah, trailer. For her. Wait, what? What? Or do you what? not know this story? Okay, no, so Hallelujah. I, I was making yeah. a joke that she didn't like the song anymore because of that scene. Oh, no. Hallelujah, no. his daughter, that was his, her favorite song. And so he couldn't finish the original cut of the Justice League because she committed suicide, correct? Yes, and Are so he when they did his cut, my joke. Huh? take it back, take my joke back. <laughs> yeah, so when they did the when they did the Zack Schneider cut, sorry. he put that in the trailer as like oh, a I, thing I for made her. the I made a kind of the same joke when the I was making so much shit about that movie or that trailer and how stupid that because it's still a strange choice, but like when you have the backstory, it's like oh okay, that's kind of sweet and like. It's a kind of a sweet tribute, but then like I found that out after I was talking so much shit, and I was like, "Oh, oh no!" I think he talks shit on it on here. Oh, and then the next one we talked about it again. You're like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that." Uh, back to the back to the thing that uh, it was a My Chemical Romance uh, cover of a Bob Dylan song in a Zack Schneider movie, and I don't know why that is the trifecta of evil, but it is. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Gerard was like a big Bob Dylan fan. Oh, I wouldn't be either, honestly. Because like he like now today's Gerard Way is just like a chubby dad who wants to write, who is writing comic books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the Bob Dylan. Uh, a lot of people like it. That's the Bob Dylan demographic. Oh, his comics are really good. The show that. Uh, on Netflix, based off of them, is, is really good, I think. I haven't watched that yet. There's also, there's something else that he was involved in that got, made a show, I think, and I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Um, uh, the, you guys have anything else before we hit Ned, or? Oh. Um, the Loki trailer's out, like, the full last one, and that's that's about it. Oh, the, the Thirst Trap show? Hell Yeah. That's gonna it's all the, the the that'll be out here in the next the, couple weeks, so we can get Tom Hiddleston the, all up in my groin. The twenty twelve Tumblr st- Tom Hiddleston Tumblr stands. <laughs> Don't talk about me like that. Who like when who got who had their first like Never mind, I don't know if I can make that joke safely. I was gonna say had their first sexual arousal when Loki told everyone to get on their knees. That was back when B-Boys still used Tumblr. Tumblr. 
people do. It's strange to me. Uh, but like I said, unless you guys have anything else, we should probably hit an ad and get into it. Hell yeah. All right. Okay. And, uh, we're back at it again at the Star Trek or the Starship Enterprise, the Star Trek Enterprise. That's the bad show. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this week I'm going to talk about, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more me centric because I was, I put this on explicitly to juxtapose my Star Wars episode. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how much my tastes have changed. Nah, dude, I'm a, I'm an expert on Star Trek. Everything I know is from The Simpsons <coughs> and Futurama. Mine's Family Guy. <coughs> Futurama's not a bad reference. That episode's pretty Dying. accurate. Yeah, that one too. One second. Well, Quentin, Quentin dies. Uh, me and me and Tim are just gonna. Keep on rolling. He just walked away. He's okay. He just walked away. He's dead. I think he needs a drink of water. So we're gonna we're just gonna keep. Um, <laughs> That's like yeah, COVID. I'm gonna cover the second. He's got a COVID yeah. reaction. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I just like started coughing. I need. Is that a rolling rock? Beverage. Oh, that's Fresca. <laughs> what do you think I am? Some kind of like degenerate? I don't know why it's I thought that was green. a rolling rock. I don't even, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. I only drink grapefruit citrus sparkling soda. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever had a fresco. <laughs> grapefruit really on top of sparkling soda? Mm-mm. No, it's no. It's really good. I hate it. It's, yeah. it's like squirt, but better. All right, back to Star Trek. I'm not dying anymore. I know that's a fl- I know that's a drink, but... <laughs> um. I didn't really know what to talk about, and then last week John was like, yeah, I'm just going to cover kind of like an overview of the series for Mortal Kombat, so I was like, yeah, that's what I'll do for Star Trek. Uh, originally I was like, do I want to do a deep dive into like each individual series and make a huge episode out of them? Uh, maybe one day, not today. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to talk about some major content and then talk about the cultural impact the show has had, because I think those are pretty important things. Um, but first, I'd be remiss if I didn't start the discussion off by talking about, uh, the creator of it all, Gene Roddenberry. Good old Gene. Um, what? Good old Gene. Good old Gene. Uh, good old Gene was born in 1921 and grew up in Los Angeles where his father was a police officer. Uh, he grew up as a fan of pulp magazines and stories such as John Carter of Mars and Tarzan, which are... Very clear influences on Star Trek sometimes. I want to point out that uh, John Carter, uh, the movie, my dad loves that movie. Isn't that movie like universally hated? Yes. But every time <laughs> makes, it has ever been on TV, he has watched it. Like he'll jump right in the middle of it and just watch the rest of it. It's so, so it's like weird. Goodfellas where he can just pick it up at any point and watch it. But... I thought it was like, okay. Like it was better than I what seen people. It, being honest. Like it was better than what people thought, but like not good enough to watch every time it comes on. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, 
Roddenberry majored in police science at Los Angeles City College, where he met his first wife, Eileen Anita Rexote. Rexote? I hope Rexote. Let's just go Rexote. And became interested in aeronautical engineering, which again, totally fits. Uh, he joined the USAAC during World War II and flew B-17 bombers out of Oahu and was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross and the Air Medal for his service during the war. Um, something that I didn't write down, but that was on the Wikipedia page, I remember. He actually, like, got in a crash over, like, an island near Australia, and then the military was like, hey, we're just actually going to have you fly, like, transport throughout the U.S. <laughs> and so he was just, like, basically in the U.S. for the rest of the war after that. Um, after, and then he went on to fly for a few years for Pan America and World Airways. Uh, he also had a crash during this, but everyone was okay. Like, he even, like, dragged people out of the wreckage. Hero. So, My man did not have a good track record. He was not a good nah, he pilot. he wasn't the best pilot. He was not a good pilot, but he was a goddamn hero. He was a hero for that. He was also you, the you... cause of the problem. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be a yes. hero of your own problem. <laughs> Uh, he he retired after the flying for Pan Am for a few years. He retired and decided to pursue his dreams of writing for a new medium of television. Uh, he worked for the LAPD as like a he was in like the newspaper unit, I think. So like their their public relations group. And uh, he advised on a on a few police. Yeah, no, that's correct. Quinn gave the thumbs down. Uh, especially for the LAPD. Um, he advised for a few police shows and then, like, quit that, too, to, like, become, like, a full-time writer and start writing Star Trek. Uh. Thumbs up. (laughs) As early as 1964, um, Roddenberry had drafted a proposal for the show that would become Star Trek, and publicly he marketed the show as a western in outer space. Because westerns were extremely popular at the time, and he figured, hey, I'll just piggyback off of this and get my show made. Uh, But it's kind of accurate for some of the episodes where it's kind of just like a, you know, an exploration of people who are different. Which in westerns is kind of problematic, but in space it's fine. (laughs) Kind of. Because they're really aliens in space and not other human beings. Um, but in private, Roddenberry told his friends that he was modeling the show on Jonathan Swift's Gulliver's Travels and intended each episode to act on two levels uh, as a suspenseful adventure story and its morality tale, which is like 100% Star Trek. Is like, oh, on one layer you have the, oh, this is something went wrong, we have to fix this, or there's a problem, we have to fix this. And then there's like a you learn a lesson moral to it all, yeah. Um, Star Trek as a whole mainly follows the adventures of humans and other aliens who serve in Starfleet, a humanitarian peacekeeping armada for the United Federations of Planets. Uh, the various protagonists of the series have altruistic values, but must find ways to apply their ideals in difficult situations. Uh, mostly due to the Star- to Starfleet's prime directive, which is, to paraphrase, because I don't have the like huge quote in front of me that I'm sure exists, uh, you can't interfere with developing worlds in any way that might like alter the course of their evolution. 
So you can't just like go to a planet that has like primitive tribe people and be like, "Hey, here's space here's flight." Fire. And and I only make the primitive in here space flights because that's literally the opening of one of the Star Trek movies, like the the remakes. And then like there's a there's a scene where they're like scratching the the Enterprise in the dirt and like worshiping it as a god and ancient aliens and shit like that. So basically, what you're telling me is King of the Hill stayed more true to its roots than Star Trek. Uh no, because literally every every captain of every series breaks the prime directive when it's needed because there are times when like hey, I, it's fucked up to just let these people die. Okay. So they'll they'll like interfere in that way. It's like a morality over duty kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the big uh like moral thing. There is like hey, I have these values but my duty tells me not to, but I'm not going to let an entire planet full of people die, so fuck duty. Um, many of the conflicts faced by these characters are allegories for like real cultural realities, which I'll talk about a, lot, a little bit later. And uh, the original series addressed a lot of issues of the 60s, while others tackled issues of their own time. Uh, like specifically there's an episode of the next generation that's literally just about drug abuse like the the implication of like oh we made this thing that's highly addictive and we're giving it to these people to keep them down oh dude the uss enterprise introduces crack to the impoverished communities Uh, well they find they find these two like there's like a planet and there's its moon and the people living on the moon are these like bougie ass people who don't want to do anything so they give this highly addictive substance to the people on the planet and they're like oh this makes us feel good and then they're just like okay now give us resources from the planet so we don't have to do anything and we'll keep giving you this thing that makes you feel good and to the point where like it's forgotten altogether that it's drug and because it's been going on for so long that they're like oh we need a cure for our plague and their plague is just withdrawal <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. I didn't know like Star Trek went that deep. I thought it was just like Oh yeah, there's I mean there's cowboys. a few pretty dark episodes. There's some pretty like yeah, big things that they top like uh tackle when it's not just like goofy space stuff. Um to name a few things, uh the franchise has depicted issues such as personal loyalty, authoritarianism, imperialism, class warfare, racism, human rights, sexism, feminism, and the role of technology. So yeah. It's covered a few things. I don't <sighs> Sexism, I don't know. Maybe later, but Well, the original series, yeah, no. Maybe later. <laughs> I think I think I think uh there was like definitely some like empowerment for like uh for ladies in the original series which I'll talk about again in like a few po- bullet points but there was um, also a lot of there was also a lot of mini skirts and a lot of sexual and misconduct very, like rapey Yeah and there's a, there's there's a lot of stuff in that and it's very clear it's like oh well yeah it's not okay but like it was also the '60s. Everything on TV was like that. Everything, yeah, everything on TV. Everyone like it would have been 
even more outrageous for it to not have been that way yeah. almost. But like no, the the mini skirts and stuff were definitely like Roddenberry just being like a horned dog, I think. <laughs> no, no, no. In in the future there these will be their uniforms, believe me, ladies. Your coochie's just gonna get cold. <laughs> it won't happen because the seats will be warmed by space. <laughs> yeah, it all makes sense. Um Adds Roddenberry. Up, I guess. <laughs> You just don't understand the the, the future math. <laughs> Roddenberry stated that by uh, by creating a new world with new rules, he could make statements, or uh, to quote, by creating a new world with new rules, I could make statements about sex, religion, Vietnam, politics, intercontinental missiles. Indeed, we did make them on Star Trek. We were sending messages, and fortunately, they all got by the network. If you talk to people on the per- about if you talked about purple people on a far off planet, they, the television network, never really caught on. They were really more concerned about cleavage. They actually would censor, send a sensor down to set to measure a woman's cleavage to make sure it didn't, to make sure too much of her breast wasn't showing. So, yeah, I mean they were equally concerned and not concerned with things they put on TV, I guess. They were concerned, but just not smart i guess i don't know <laughs> like i think that i think that pretty much sums up like it's like we want we want some cleavage and many skirts but not too <laughs> but not much too much and not too many and you can't talk about how vietnam's a bad thing can't talk about them goddamn namers but if you talk about it allegorically it's okay. Yeah, it's perfectly but fine. If you talk about the purple people I mean, in space, I feel like it should be fine either way. But at the time, yeah. Oh, it should be, but now it's, put, it's also NBC. It's it's being aired on NBC. Yeah. So now I feel like a lot more. They people, have to worry about their. They have to worry about the general audience and who's going to get offended, and that's. I definitely feel like when you watch things that are coming out now, the allegories. I mean, there's definitely allegories still there for a lot of things, but there are a lot more. They can be a lot more on the nose now than they could yeah. back then. Yeah. Yeah, because they it the was cat's like weird yeah, noises. yeah, no, I agree. Um, through Star Trek, Roddenberry sought to show a progressive political agenda, reflecting that of the counterculture of the youth movement of the time, and he wanted to show how humanity might one day progress past violence, like the Vulcans. A race with a violent past who learned to control their emotions and overcome violence. I'm about. <laughs> I was holding back a burp that entire that entire sentence. <laughs> um, he gave the show anti-war messaging and depicted the United Federations of Planets as an ideal, optimistic version of the United Nations and what it could become. Uh, his efforts were opposed by the network again over concerns of marketability and they opposed Roddenberry's insistence on making the crew of the Enterprise racially diverse. So there's actually an uh, interesting quote I remember seeing from like a video of a panel from um, George R.R. R. Martin, the author of the a Song of Ice and Fire series. Game, people know it as Game of Thrones. Um, basically he said that Roddenberry that. was a huge inspiration. Don't give people a hint. What? Don't give people the hint for it. 
gotta, we gotta, have, people we gotta have people with true fans on here. Oh, we gotta have the intellectuals. Yeah. <laughs> do I? Um, do we want the true Game oh. of Thrones fans? I mean, I'm one of them, so no. <laughs> <laughs> because the people like the the book fans of A Song of Ice and Fire are like, I swear to God, they'll take a sentence. And they'll be like, "All right, this means this. I 100%. I know it to be fact." And it's like, "No, dude, you're you're overanalyzing it. Literally everything." And it's it's kind of George's fault because he leaves a lot of things vague on purpose. But maybe I'll talk about that some other time too. Quinn, did you get a new tattoo? Um, no, I've had this forever. Okay. Tim noticed it for the first time the other day as okay. well. Okay, sorry, Tim. Go ahead. No, no, no. I need to get, it's I need just to... funny to me because, like he said, I said the same thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no. There's there's a quote from George R. R. Martin about um, Roddenberry and how he was like one of the more progressive TV writers of the time. Uh, he he basically said that Roddenberry was a huge inspiration for him to make like racially and otherwisely diverse casts. Um, the bridge the bridge crew of the Enterprise was like massively diverse for his time. There was an Asian helmsman, an African-American woman as communications officer, a Scotsman as chief engineer, and maybe, like, maybe most people don't realize this, but, like, I feel like the most, one of the most controversial is, like, Spock, the first officer, who was a mixed-race person. He was half-human, half-Vulcan in, like, show canon, which, like, is almost, in the, this time period, worse than any of those other things. Yes. So during during the time that to, this show to came a lot out, of yes. to a lot of people's views, I'll say I won't say like, oh, you know, it was by society, but like a lot of people saw this as like a. It would have been. I think it was almost worse yeah. if it was like a you know. I think it was like, like a borderline society thing at the at the time that it yeah. it was. Yeah, no, no, like you're right, you're bad, right. but I don't know. Just. Do uh, want. But yeah, just th- just through all this, it's not hard to see how Roddenberry was trying to make like a statement that in the future, none of like race, gender, and all that shouldn't matter as much as it did in like the '60s when the show was being written. Yeah, you just bone and don't bone whoever you want. Exactly. So it's easy. It's that easy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but the yeah. '60s, it wasn't. Star Trek didn't have its same same-sex kiss until Deep Space Nine in the 90s. So, that tells you anything. Yeah. Didn't uh, uh, didn't Star Trek, though, have the first interracial kiss on television? I'm going to talk about oh, that. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, you know what? We'll just talk about that later. I have a little bit down here in cultural impact. Ah, well, we'll wait. Okay. I have a little bit in cultural impact because it was, like, a huge thing at the time. Um... I have, like, over the years, Star Trek has garnered 13 films, 5 broadcast television series, 3 streaming series, 3 animated series, and 2 theme park attractions. Uh, there have also been a huge number of comics, video games, board games, novels, and fan projects. Like, I was going to list the exact numbers, but if you just look up the Wikipedia page for Star Trek video games, it's too much to even count. I didn't want to fucking take the time. <laughs> There's like over 50 probably. None of them um, being good. Uh, very few of them being good, yeah. That's probably correct. 
Um, as I've kind of alluded to, Star Trek as a fan franchise, a franchise, has been like hugely influential in culture throughout the world and even like parts of our solar system. Uh, Quentin mentioned a few of them. They've been referenced endlessly by pop culture, like The Simpsons and Futurama. So, to the point where Futurama has an entire like episode about Star Trek and the Star Trek fandom. Yeah, it's pretty good. Isn't there a couple episodes? There's the There's one. There's a couple spe- different episodes like, yeah. with Star Trek, but like the one Tim's referencing in particular is like uh the alien who like collects all the star trek shit and then he collects like all the yeah but and... do- doesn't that start in one episode and end the next isn't it a two-part one Actually, because yeah, that does... might be a that might be a two-part everyone like oh might be i don't remember because it was uh, i think the first episode's like when fry realizes that like spock doesn't like to be like he wants to be with his friends and stuff and then they like go fly off or whatever like learns the story, and then the next episode's with the 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 cloud alien guy. I think you're that right. Yeah, that could be. Which I think is maybe a Star Trek reference too, because I'm pretty sure there's a cloud alien in like one of either the original series or the Next Generation. I've watched almost all of the Next Generation and curated episodes of the original series because some of it's just. 1950s camp sci-fi and I don't want to watch an hour long episode of that um, not a true fan dude one day can one you, day I'll watch all of it can you talk about then... this not a true fan can you talk about it dude alright you haven't watched literally thousands of hours of content not a true fan yeah alright gatekeep me you fucking 1970s <laughs> <laughs> I will Okay, good to know. Um, <laughs> it's actually had like a huge impact on space exploration, which is kind of, I guess, makes sense because it's all the show is all about exploration and exploring strange new worlds. Uh, NASA's first orbiter shuttle was named the Space Shuttle Enterprise, named after the USS Enterprise of Star Trek fame. Uh, a number of cast members throughout the years have narrated documentaries about the franchise's content and space exploration as a whole. Uh, this includes the documentary I saw in 2014 at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum, narrated by Whoopi Goldberg. Which I didn't... Re- re- I, did, I was questioning it then. I was like, why is why is Whoopi Goldberg narrating this? I don't and then, like, that. Oh, makes I think sense. you guys were doing something else, and I went and did, like went, went to watch this documentary in the planetarium because oh, I was okay. bored. Oh, maybe that was when uh me and uh everybody like wandered off, and then we found our one friend at the flight simulator, just like, <laughs> just probably uh, yeah. I think it, it was because I came back, and you guys were like telling me about it. Yeah. Oh, is this when you um, guys went on your senior trip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't go. On that. And the only museum that was open that day was the Air and Space Museum, so we spent like four hours in there. Because there was one centimeter of snow on the ground in Washington, D.C. So the whole city shut down. Yup. The fuck, East Coast. As Midwesterners, I feel like we're just like, anything that's not a foot of snow, we're like, yeah, it'll be, we'll be fine. It, right, yeah. Um, 
NASA also named like a number of asteroids after people or elements connected to the franchise, such as 2309 Mr. Spock, 4659 Roddenberry, 7307 Takai, 9777 Enterprise, and my, maybe my favorite of them, the uh, 155142 Tanagra, which is like a very specific episode reference to the next generation. So basically, Captain Picard gets stranded on this planet with a with a with another alien captain who can only speak in metaphor. Question: He references like stories, so like we would say like the the example in the thing is like Gilgamesh and whoever in Babylon. And, like, through that, you extrapolate the whole story of Gilgamesh and, like, the moral meaning behind it. But, um... So, it'd the... be like, hey, how you doing, bud? And be like, have you ever heard of Sisyphus? Yes. Have you ever That's heard of Oedipus? It would be like, yeah, it would be like <laughs> oh. Oedipus and the Needles <laughs> in Greece. Uh... But no, yeah. Then the this, the captain was it, the the famous line is like uh, something someone and someone at Tanagra when the walls fell, and you have to extrapolate what that means because that's this that's the that's the suspenseful adventure of this episode, and the moral is to not judge people by how they talk. Basically, kind of. It's also just to work together. Don't judge them how they talk, episode. just how they look. There's some weird-looking aliens, too, so it's fine. They're cool people. Uh, the U.S. effort... To, oh, yeah, the U.S. effort to develop a COVID-19 vaccine was named after was named Operation Warp Speed and is the brainchild of not Star Trek, Star Trek <laughs> fan uh, Dr. Peter Marks, leader of the FDA unit, which approves vaccines and therapies, is, is, which I thought was an interesting little... Is Star Trek, like... Like Tony Stark. That's Trek. When t- yeah, that's when Tony Stark like got bored of watching old Star Trek episodes, so he hired people to make new ones. And then yeah, and then he just built the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, I feel like he wouldn't if he wasn't, you know <coughs> dead. Oh, don't spoil it. Don't spoil the four year old <laughs> movie, please. Literally everyone who would be watching a pop culture podcast and are listening to it knows. Oh yeah. So I don't feel bad. Everyone in the world should know by now. Um, so yeah, what we were kind of talking about earlier, but I have a huge, like a big chunk about it here. Um, the show was for a long time cited as having the first scripted interracial kiss on television. Um, it turns out there were actually a few before this, but, I think it's worth mentioning because of how like much Roddenberry and the actors like pushed for this to happen in the episode. So it, I have to talk about the fact that the kiss actually takes place while the two characters are under hypnosis. So like neither in-universe character really consented to it, which is kind of weird to talk about, but when you read like quotes about it, it seems like everyone was having fun writing it and acting it, so no one was like hurt. Um, William Shatner, who plays Captain Kirk, said in a documentary that his and uh, Nichelle Nichols, the lady who plays Uhara, Uhura, um, the African American lady that he kisses in the show, 
Um, their lips never touched because NBC said they couldn't. Oh. So they basically said, you can play chicken, but don't do it. But I bet Nichols, you Shatner, the ultimate Chad, did it. Uh, it, it turns out that they both kind of like, I'll, t- I'll talk about it in a second. Um, Nichols, however, insists in her autobiography, I had to pull up this thing in full screen so I can see the, the comment. Nichols insists in her autobiography that the kiss was 100% real and that they just used camera tricks to obscure the fact that their lips were actually touching. Um, to, there's, a, there's a long quote from her autobiography that says, um, quote, knowing that Gene was determined to air the real kiss, Bill shook me and hissed menacingly in his best ham-fisted Kirkian staccato delivery. I won't kiss you. I won't kiss you. It was absolutely awful, and we were hysterical and ecstatic. The director was beside himself and still determined to get the kissless shot. So we did it again, and it seemed to be fine. Cut, print, that's a wrap. The next day, they screened the dailies, and although I rarely attended them, I couldn't miss this one. Everyone watches Kirk and Hura kissed and kissed and kissed. And I'd like to set the record straight. Although Kirk and Uhura fought it, they did kiss in every single scene. When the non-kissing scene came on, everyone in the room cracked up. The last shot, which looked okay on set, actually had Bill wildly crossing his eyes. It was so corny and just plain bad, it was unusable. The only alternative was to cut out the scene altogether, but that was impossible due to, due to do without ruining the entire episode. Finally, the guys in charge relented. To hell with it, let's go with the kiss. I guess they were figured we were going to be canceled in a few months anyway, and so the kiss <laughs> stayed. So yeah, no, this episode was like in the season three, I want to say, which was the last season of Star Trek, the original series, before it got canceled. So that that seems that played a part in that that getting through. But um, just like fuck it, we're going down with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> NBC like kind of as kind of was referenced. NBC also had ordered two takes of this scene to be filmed: one where the pair kissed and one where they didn't. Um, Shatner and Nichols deliberately flubbed the latter takes, though, forcing the network to use the kiss. And I think I think this is a quote from Nichols again. Uh, quote: "It received a huge response. We received one of the largest batches of fan mail ever. All of it very positive, with many addressed to me from girls wondering what it was like to kiss Captain Kirk, and many to him from guys wondering the same thing about me. However, almost no one found the kiss offensive, except for a single mildly native letter from white Southern, one white Southerner who wrote, I am totally opposed to the mixing of the races. However, any time the red-blooded American boy like Captain Kirk gets a beautiful dame in his arms that looks like Uhura, he ain't gonna fight it. Nichols notes that, quote, for me, it's the a, most memorable episode of our last season was Plato's Stepchildren. That seems like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, he's like, hey. I, right? I, he's, like, he's like, hey, yeah, she's a really hot lady, but, uh. Yeah, I ain't for like, that. He's but like, Captain Kirk, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna say no. It's like me. It's like okay. I can't mix them races, but Captain Kirk, man, he's he's not gonna say no to her. I feel like that was just like a a learned thing that he like picked up and then like never fully understood. And then, it, and then now he's just yeah. living vicariously through Captain. Well, yeah, Kirk. something funny happened in his pants during that episode, and then he was like, oh, oh, oh maybe I do like this. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, I think it shows a lot that the actors and even like Roddenberry himself went out of their way to like shun studio interference and like have this aired. 
the way it was intended. So yeah, that was the that was the big kiss to do. Um, there's a lot of influence on technology too. Um, it predicted things like voice activated computers and touchscreen monitors. And but Roddenberry also notoriously employed a Rand Corporation physicist and a team at Kellum DeForest Research to fact check the writers as when the show was first starting, so that like what they were writing was like theoretically possible. So he didn't want like some far flung. He didn't want to go get guess, too far Wars. out there. He didn't want to go star. He didn't want to go Star Wars, and have like holographic bad guys leading. But there's hollow there, armies. Michael Jackson there's has a hollow deck. Hologram Tupac. Tupac and Michael Jackson have both been holograms in Vegas. Okay, but if you told a 1960s person this that holograms were going to be real one day, didn't they just create a real lightsaber too? Probably not like a real lightsaber. Yeah, know. it's like it's like a I think it's they, like a retractable rod. It's like a plasma. Yeah, thing, it's like a right? retractable rod that like has like a yeah, plasma reaction yeah. going on around it. Yeah, it's not I like it's not like an actual that. like lightsaber, but it like acts. It's not refracting through a kyber crystal to produce a beam of light solid enough to cut through a man's hand. Yeah, but it it is yeah, exactly. a re- like a actual retractable blade that can cut through things. Not as efficiently. Did they get but... the crystals themselves? Huh? Do you guys remember? Did they... Oh, sorry. Go on. Is it Dagobah? Is that where the crystals are? I'm pretty sure it's Dagobah. Did they go to there's Dagobah? There's a crystal on Dagobah. That's where like the for the well. There's the Force Cave on Dagobah. Yeah, they. There's the there's like a weird ice planet that I don't remember the name of, where like they go to take Padawans to pick their uh, Kyber crystals. <sighs> I need to go back and replay Knights of the Old Republic now. <laughs> Oh well, the Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know how, but the in the like actual canon, there's like a planet where they go to like this big Force Crystal Cave. It was in um, I think it was in Clone Wars in the later seasons, and was in Fallen Order, which are both like series canon at this point. Um, yeah, but we're not talking about Star Wars. We're talking about we're talking Star about Star Trek. Trek. So, Trekkies tonight. Um, there's like obviously like some some influence on artificial intelligence to the point that like the American president of the American Association for Artificial Intelligence, when asked what his ultimate goal was in the field, simply responded, "Lieutenant Commander Data." The human, almost basically human android from the Next Generation, played by uh, Brent Spiner who gets an emotion chip that he never uses because he wants to learn how to use emotions on his own. Wow. There's actually a whole episode about, like, what it means to be human involving data. So that kind of is, like, the moral, like, the moral, cultural thing we kind of talked about earlier. That back in, like, 1990, back in, it was 89 or 90, where they were, like, but will, will but will robots one day be close enough to be human that they are considered human? So, I mean that was really popular in science fiction then though, because like things like, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep and iRobot were written around then too, if not before. In Terminator. Yeah, everyone's favorite director. 
Michael was it Michael Bay or uh the other guy? It was a Michael Bay film. Wasn't the, it? was it not the Deep Sea dude? J.J. Abrams. No, no, the Deep Sea guy, Avatar. I think you're right. I'm um, looking it up. Yeah, I mean, okay, you got it. I'll t- I'll keep talking. Uh, the modern cell phone was also influenced by Star Trek: The Original Series. In the in the original series, there was like a little flip open communicator device that communicated with the Enterprise. It was James Cameron. And that's basic. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I thought it was James Cameron. Yeah. No, it's okay. You're you're good. Um, which is basically just like that that original like razor flip phone. Was this was the Star Trek communicator? Oh yeah. Uhura also has like this like thing that goes in her ear, which is basically just a Bluetooth, like early Bluetooth headset. That only truckers use now. Unless yes. you have uh AirPods. Fair. I'm pretty yeah, and I'm pretty sure the engineer who designed the first flip phone straight up said, like, yeah, no, I was definitely influenced by the Star Trek communicators. Uh, in the late 90s, NASA developed a low-vision headset and named it Geordi, after the character Geordi LaForge, uh, played Le- by LeVar Burton, and his visor in all capitals, Leading because it's rainbow. a huge <laughs> Maybe the future host of Jeopardy. Maybe. People want him. Uh, and his visor, which is all in capitals because it's some huge acronym, uh, that allowed the... Jordy was born blind, and the visor allowed him to see in, like, various wavelengths of light. The, like, interface straight to his brain. So, NASA named that after him. Uh, sort of, question mark, inspired the future of virtual reality. reality. Um, the next generation featured the holodeck, which was a fully immersive entertainment suite that could construct entire holographic worlds around the user. Which is, like, we're not quite there with VR yet, but pretty close. I guess it's I guess it's only a matter of time before someone makes just like a huge room with treadmills in it and you can walk around in it. I just uh looked up what visor meant and I'm kind of disappointed in this. Is it just like vision visual instrument and sight organ replacement? Welcome to Star Trek, where everything has, like, really intricate acronyms, but then it's just, like, named the most mundane shit. Yeah, it's just like, fuck that. I just love the... It's not like... Go ahead. No, go on. Okay, it's not like (laughs) Star Wars, where everything's, like, some planetary name, and then, like, a fucking word that George poured all over the thesaurus, and it's, like, a bunch of... Yeah. Threw cheese, Swiss cheese on a thesaurus and just picked some fucking. Basically. Work. I was just going to say, I just remember, I always, when I hear LeVar Burton, I always think of the scene from Family Guy when Peter puts on the visor at the Star Trek convention and it's just a bunch of fucking Klansmen. He goes, who would, why, who would invent these for him? Why would he wear these? So there's actually like not to not to ruin the Family Guy bit that I'm sure Seth MacFarlane put a huge put a huge uh, effort into because that's the comedian he is. <laughs> um, there's actually like episodes where they show what Jordy sees and it's literally just like electromagnetic like yeah, uh, like 
outlines of things. It's kind of like a... I think he. I think there's like a thing he can do, to like switch it, and like he can see, like thermal wavelengths too. But I don't. I don't remember exactly. I feel like it's like a mix between what like the predator sees and daredevil sees. Well, it could be. Kinda, I don't. Know. That's what I remember it as when I would watch it with my dad. But I also haven't watched it in a long time. I also kind of now that we're like towards the end of all my research, I, there, I just remembered a scene from <laughs> the Next Generation that always makes me laugh. Um, there's a scene where they're in like this the hangar bay, and Worf, who's like a Klingon, who are like these big, war, big muscular like warrior people, who are like built for like built for war. They evolved for war, and like just a barrel falls on him, and it's like it's just one of those like plastic barrels that like blue barrels that's clearly empty and it bounces off of his back but in the show it like breaks his back to the point where he's like i have to commit ritual suicide (laughs) bro don't be so dramatic it bounced off your back bro and like there's there's just like little things like that in like every star trek like in the early star trek stuff i guess until they started like doing cg and shit where it's like obviously there were there were things you couldn't do with practical effects like drop a fifty pound barrel on someone's back so they just didn't fill it and it looks Powers. goofy as hell because it just like bop, the physics just doesn't make sense his back and yeah it bounces off of it but in, in can he's like my back is broken I must die I cannot fight a warrior's death I feel like it's like the uh, the old Hulk series whenever he would throw like rocks and building parts and shit and it's just like it's so obviously fake but you can like they couldn't do anything better like the like the costume for the gorn in the original series where it's just like a reptile it's like a fucking reptile like foam suit this guy has on (laughs) oh man but then kirk makes gunpowder because kirk's kirk also, there's an episode of the original series where, like, I don't remember what the issue is, but all I remember is the solution is that Kirk is, like, reads these aliens the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> and they're like, yes, yeah, that is what we need, yeah. I thought he solved every episode with just sleeping with the aliens. I really sure he watched uh, that's some of them, but he doesn't, like, sleep with all, like, well, he does sleep with, like, a good number of women in that show. But it's not like I don't think that's ever the solution. In fact, I think sometimes that's what get them into the shit. God damn it! Keep your dick in your pants. Like, there's definitely an episode. It's not Kirk in this one. It's um, Doctor McCoy, who's like he he meets this old flame of his, and then it turns out that she's been replaced by this salt vampire who seduces men and sucks the salt out of their bodies. I am uncomfortable with. A salt vampire more than a, a regular one because i'm thinking yeah, of just weird, like them right? sucking like sweat of out of you you need to go to the store get some salt. that's like the that's the first episode of star trek too i think well other than the pilot which has captain pike on it which is like you can see on netflix it's it's on there like the original like pilot that got replaced um I think that Salt Vampires episode is the like the first episode of uh, the Shatner Star Trek. Huh. And then they referenced in like one of the movies. I think they referenced uh, Pike. 
because I think I'm pretty sure there's like a captain over when Kirk isn't the captain, like the captain that he's replaces is named Pike. I'm pretty sure in like the reboot movies. Just a fun little nod and a wink. Yeah, sounds on the nose is uh original timeline Spock coming into reboot timeline, which happens. Kind of look that up. Because I haven't seen the newest reboot one. I saw the original, but not the... There's like three, right? Is there? There's Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, and... I don't remember if there's a third one. Star Trek Beyond. There's three. Um, I guess I, I guess I'd be remiss, even if it's at the very end here, not to mention uh, the most iconic Star Trek film... Um, the Wrath of Khan, where Kirk defeats the enemy because he thinks of space as like 18th century naval ships. Genius. So Kirk just comes up from under him. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the in the reboot, Captain or yeah, Captain Pike is like Captain Kirk's like superior. Yeah, he's like the first guy. He's supposed to be like the original captain, and then he takes over like halfway. I think he th- dies. I don't know if he dies or if he gets wounded. I or maybe I'm just thinking of every Gundam on every Gundam series where like there's an original captain, and he fucking eats it, and then the new younger captain has to take over. I don't know. But anyway, I, don't I really think that's all. Feel... That's all of my research. So yeah, I don't feel like reading all this. So unless if you guys have anything else we can know we can talk some more or wrap up if you want. I don't care. I don't have anything to really add. I think you summed up the series pretty pretty well. I mean, I'm not the biggest Trekkie, but hit everything I would have hit. Yeah, I didn't really talk about the I'll talk about it for like very briefly. I'll make it real quick. Of how, like, I used to love Star Wars, and then I kind of fell out of love with it. And then I found Star Trek and was like, oh, this is, like, a lot better in some ways. This is what I really wanted out of science fiction. Because, like, Star Trek, Star Wars, excuse me, it's just, like, battles. There's not really, like, exploration and meeting new people and yeah. solving problems. Everything's just, like, we're the space police and we have lightsabers I kind of, which is cool. I kind of never understood why my dad liked it so much, but yeah, as I get older, the more it's kind of like, I want to go back and watch it and check it out. Well, I, that's how I was as a kid. It was like, I don't, I don't think Star Trek's cool, but I was also like so into Star Wars and I knew like the pop culture war of like, which one's better and I was like, I, I like Star Wars. I can't yeah. like Star Trek. Yeah, you you can't like you have, you can only like one. You can't like both. Which is fucking stupid. Well, it's just like DC but and that's... Marvel. Yeah, which is stupid. So the same thing yeah. because both are both have their good moments and have a lot of shit <laughs> moments between. If you like what, just like what you like, man. Everything's kind of shitty and everything's pretty good. There's, you yeah. know, there's just like, you you have a like series like comics, TV, movies. You're bound to have some shitty stuff in there. 
but overall it's pretty Dude, good. I watched a I watched like a recently watched this like hour long video essay this guy did about how the like I don't remember what run of Batman or who the writer was of the comic just like didn't use any of the interesting like rogues gallery cast he was just like yeah let's just use joker i know which one you're talking about yeah it was like so centric on just the joker that it was like everyone was getting irritated because they're like he has all these other villains like you like they would they would have like they would have like one issue stories and that's it and then, like, even, I think Scarecrow never shows up outside of, like, background shots. I think Penguin never does. I think that's, that run so, yeah, also doesn't just, have Poison Ivy in it. It's just like, yeah, this guy just this guy just apparently loved the Joker and wanted to use the nothing but the Joker. And DC let him. Yeah. That's what happens, though, when, when something runs for so long, someone's so infatuated with a certain part of it that it, yeah. it becomes overall yeah that's fair i feel like that's like if you would have given 2004 like 2012 me batman i would have been like okay let's just write a joker story i'm trying to think of like what i entire yeah ron probably that or i would do like deathstroke a lot yeah, that's fair. But it, yeah, like I would be very centric on a, a very minuscule amount of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of I mean, there's a couple things with Star Trek that that's fallen into too. So specifically, like the Picard show, I don't even want to talk about that. It's so uninteresting to me. Like the the overview I've seen just doesn't look good. It takes everything that people liked about Picard and TNG and just threw that out the window. Hmm. That sucks. He, he's super old, but he fights now. It's like, no. That's not Captain Picard. He doesn't fight. Keep, he doesn't do that. how this works. Keep them the same. It's like it's like what uh it's like what they did to Yoda in the prequels. Oh god. We have this cool sage now he fights. Because he, we can animate him in CG to flip. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Okay. I mean, anyways. Quentin, do you have anything to add? You're you're pretty quiet. I have no fucking idea anything about this series, John. Don't ask well, me Well, now questions. you do. Well, now I do, yeah. It kind of makes me... But how, how am I going to add? It does make me kind of want to go on Netflix and watch this. I will say that. Yeah, I would I would definitely say like look up a there's a site called like let's watch star trek.com or something that has like a pretty good like watch list put together of like here's episodes you should watch and here's episodes that are kind of pointless, just skip these. And that's kind of what I did for the original series and I did it for the later seasons of TNG because I watched all like every episode for 5 seasons of TNG even if it was just like in the background and I was doing something else. But then I got to the point where I was like, this is starting to fuck it. it. Like, noticeably, people think, like, the last few seasons are pretty weak of The Next Generation. So I was like, ah, I'm starting to feel fatigue. I just want to watch, like, the good stuff. So I, I found a list. The important ones. Yeah. The good Yeah, once that fatigue sets in, you either have to take a break or you have to 
push through and just do the good episodes. Like you, you can't yeah. just sit there and watch the rest of it. Like you're just gonna burn the fuck out and not like it anymore. I was tempted to do that with Naruto, but I got convinced not to. Hmm. I'm almost done with it. I'm finally almost fucking done with it. I'm on episode like four hundred something. Our friend, our friend Alex was like you bought the game to finish the series story just play that and i was like yeah you're right i won't watch this 10 year old animation i i thought you read it i was starting to read it and then i was like starting to watch it i was starting to watch it and then i started to read it and then alex was like no 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 homie just play the game game. i just uh i just bought a subscription to anime lab and i I just watch it on there because they have all the dubbed and then I can just put it on the background. Okay. And even if it's like filler shit, I can go like do the dishes while it's playing and kind of like half pay attention. Yeah. See, that's my problem. That was my problem with Shippuden was like, there's so much yeah. you I Most, like, I don't want to watch. All there's this. only that streaming service. All the other ones you have will all cut it off at like episode like 200 or something like that. Like right when, um, Madara and uh, or Toby starts talking to Sasuke, like right after he he um he kills a certain somebody, it like turns straight. It turns all into subbed on every other uh, platform. Dude, I can't believe Sasuke killed Dumbledore. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like. I could. It, it's old enough Maru. that everyone should know what happened, but I also feel like because of the pandemic, a lot of people have gotten really into anime, and probably they might not. You know what Dude, I that's mean? The, that's the really cool thing about the Astronomy Tower is when Sasuke Chidori's Dumbledore says, "This is all for my ambition." He says, "You will be my springboard," <laughs> and then he awakens his. Mangekyo Sharingan because Dumbledore was his only real true friend. <laughs> I mean, I think this, this might be an actual fanfic. Many protect. Well, it probably is, honestly. Knowing these two mm. fandoms, they probably fucking is. Someone wrote this at some point in 2012. Many protects Voldemort with the uh, perfect Susano. <laughs> I don't want to take this joke further. <laughs> I, I hate it enough. I feel like I, t- <laughs> I feel like I it. took it a little too far, honestly. So, <laughs> and then whichever of the Weasley twins loses their ear gives their other ear to their brother as his birthday gift. You know, yeah, like I know. And... and then the other one's not actually dead. Oops. <laughs> And then one of them does die. <laughs> one of the Weasley twins is straight up fucking dead. Which one? I don't remember. That's up to you to figure They're basically out. the same character. They just have two different names. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember their name. Isn't one of them Fred? Fred and George. Fred and George. Okay. I couldn't remember. I, want, I always want to yeah, say yeah. Fred and Ed. Fred and Ed. <laughs> They just is as uncreative as good old Joan can be. She really just went off the deep end with yeah. that one. 
All right. I don't I don't know if there's anything else that we can ramble about. Nah. Uh we're gonna do plugs. You can find me a letter on Litterboxd to Timmy C. Haven't reviewed a movie in a hot second, haven't watched a movie in a hot second. Uh everything else is hot pink waffles. Uh, I might start streaming soon. I can't stream Final Fantasy like I wanted to because my CPU needs an upgrade. Nice. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitch at TJAMS, T-E-A-J-A-M-Z. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gondola Driver and Twitch at Boxwine, but the O is a zero. Did you have to change your username? No, I just wanted Boxwine. Okay. I mean, if it's available, it's better than Boxwine69 or whatever it was. It's Boxwine69420. Well, it's funny. Yeah, it's, oh, it's I just funny. noticed. I know, it was like, I know <laughs> the last part was ironic. So. I just noticed that, yeah, it's just Boxwine on here now. On Discord. Yeah, yeah. so I figured... I, f- I figured I'd tone it down a little bit as I've grown up, you know, instead of being a, an alcoholic sex fiend stoner, I'm just an alcoholic. <laughs> I'll never outgrow box wine. And I'll never grow exactly. out of the other two things either, but I'll keep the other two on a down low. <laughs> <laughs> the private. Yeah. Uh, you can you can find me at jmergs on Instagram, Twitch, Wherever you want to find me. Um, I'll probably stream tomorrow, hopefully. And yeah, that's about it. Podcast socials, you can find everything at Rewind Reload. And uh, we'll see you next time.